Hey, y'all. Real quick before I hit play on this episode of Familypreneur for you, I want to be sure that you know that I have a brand new podcast available for you to check out. It's called Just Marketing, and you can find it on this podcast platform. Go ahead and search for Just Marketing and hit subscribe so you don't miss anything. Then come back here and listen to this episode of Familypreneur. It'll still be here waiting for you. Welcome to Familypreneur, the podcast for parent entrepreneurs raising kidpreneurs. It's time for your weekly dose of inspiration and actionable tips to build your business and find better balance, all while strengthening your family. And now we'd like to introduce your host. She's my mom and the bomb.com, Meg Brunson. Hey, welcome to another episode of Familypreneur. This is episode number 36, and I'm excited to have you here today. Today's episode is brought to you by EIEIO Marketing. Facebook advertising does not have to be stressful and overwhelming, not when you have a former Facebook employee in your corner. If your business is looking for a reputable agency to manage your Facebook ads, visit EIEIOMarketing.com and reach out for a free consultation today. When you think about your Facebook marketing strategy, always remember EIEIO, where their name isn't just cute, it represents the ideal Facebook strategy. Engage, interact, educate, influence, and optimize. Now let's introduce today's guest. She's an accidental entrepreneur who lives in Washington, D.C. with her husband and two teenage children. She's a speech-language pathologist with over 15 years of experience working with young children with speech and language difficulties and other special needs. She's the owner of Speech Kids LLC, a private practice serving children and families in the Washington, D.C. metro area, and the creator of the Toddler Talk online program for parents. She recently began to grow her business in order to become the primary breadwinner for her family. And today we're going to discuss big leaps and crushing limits with Gabrielle Nicolay. Hi, Gabrielle. Thank you for joining me today on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Meg. I'm super excited to be here, actually. We are excited to have you. So let's jump into things. As parents, it's one of our primary jobs, right, to instill self-confidence, self-awareness, and self-love in our kids. And you have a really unique situation because you instill those qualities when you're working on your business as well as working in your business. So I'd love if you would start by sharing some more information about what you do and how you help families directly instill that self-confidence in their children. So it's so funny. I'm smiling big as you say that because I get the biggest charge out of working with my clients and their families for exactly that reason. There's something that happens with kids who come to speech therapy and I think therapy in particular because kids who are in therapy have a need, right? They have an area where they're not excelling and they need some help in order to overcome this, this need that they have. And so what they end up learning in therapy is there are things that I cannot do, but when I work really hard with people that I love and trust, I can do them. And so my role in that is to be the person that they love and trust um, and to really show them how capable they can be. And, And so... The, the confidence doesn't come from me saying, oh, good job. The confidence comes from me showing them and supporting them so that they can do it themselves. Um, and then we look back and oftentimes the therapeutic journey that I, that I take these kids on, we look back and we say, you know, I remember, I say this to them, 
I remember a time when you didn't used to be able to do this. Do you remember that time? And they'll either say yes or no, because, you know, they're young. But sometimes they will. They'll say, yeah. And I'll say, isn't that so interesting? You did this. You now know how to do this. And I I have goosebumps all over as I'm like even describing this to you because it's the biggest thrill of my life, literally. (laughs) And you talk about the gift of therapy. What what is that and why is it important? I think because, you know, we all we all want to be good at something. And if we can't be good at something, we're going to be really bad at something, right? We're going to be really good at being bad. <laughs> and so w- the gift of therapy is showing kids how to be good at the things that they wanted to be good at in the first place. And so again, it's that, eth- it's, I hesitate to say work ethic because that's not really what it is, but it's this ethos of, I can, in fact, do this. I didn't used to be able to, and now I can. And that sense of accomplishment and that sense of curiosity about what's coming next and sort of adventure and experimentation, really, about like what is possible is um, it's totally transformative. Yeah, and I'm, a, I'm one of those parents. Like I've got two kids who have spent significant amounts of time with speech therapy. My, my seven-year-old was diagnosed with apraxia of speech, which is a, a speech disorder. She spoke with a communication device, actually. So it was pretty severe for a while. And now that she's, she's in first grade now, she no longer needs the communication device. She's, I don't want to say outgrown it because we still deal with some of the ramifications, mm-hmm. but people wouldn't, it's not obvious to the outside world. And my, my four-year-old is still in pretty intense speech therapy. So I think as parents, it can be overwhelming and it can feel like you're at a disadvantage. But I love how you put that positive spin on it, that it almost gives them an advantage because it gives them some extra attention and support that, you know, typical, more typical kids like my other two children, for example, who aren't in therapy, they don't get that one-on-one support. So can you talk about some of the the benefits, I guess, that kids in therapy are, are getting? I totally agree with you. I have one, I have one of each as well. So I have a 15 year old who, for whom everything is easy and always has been. And so, you know, he skates by, he, he and he, he's got a high level of capability and he sort of just goes through his life and everything is great all the time. <laughs> he doesn't have to deal with a lot of adversity and his life seems really great and really easy. Um, the thing I worry about with him is that he doesn't know how to fail yet. And so, and, and while that seems like a really weird thing to say, my daughter, on the other hand, who, when she was quite young, ended up needing some occupational therapy for some sensory processing um, issues that she had. And it was funny because the speech therapist had this, you know, went to OT with her daughter. But um, my daughter worked really hard to overcome some really basic kinds of things like, you know, learning how to walk um, learning how to like be at the beach was like a major challenge for her. And, and so she knows what it's like and she knows it like in her bones, you know, it's not anything that she would say, Oh yeah, there are things I used to not be able to tolerate, but, but in her experience, she knows it and it carries through. It absolutely carries through. When I watch my daughter attack a problem that she's having or attack a, um, a challenging situation or face a challenging situation, she sits, she sort of, you know, is, is there and she's looking at it and she's like, okay, where am I going to take action first? How am I going to break this down? How am I going to get through this? And it is, 
again, it's something like, it's not conscious necessarily. It's just like in her somehow in a way that it really isn't for my son for whom things have been really easy. And so I think that's, is that a little bit what you're speaking to? Like, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, the kids who go to therapy, they know, they know their limits, but they also know that those limits can be crushed, <laughs> you know? And I know, I just feel like there's some people who are so resistant to the labels and yeah. the, the thought of like admitting that your child needs help and getting, you know, therapy, whether it's OTPT, whatever type of therapy it is. And for me, it was always that mindset shift where it was like, no, this is a good thing. Like these are extra skills. Yeah. And the thing I see again, like it's this notion that, you know, we all, we all really want to excel at something. And so, um, you know, we'll take talking, for example, as just an example, like a kid with apraxia, they don't excel at talking. And so if they don't, excel at talking, they're going to excel at something else. And usually that is a negative, it turns into a negative behavior feedback loop, right? Because they can't get their needs and wants met. And so what are they going to get really good at? Throwing themselves on the floor in a tantrum. <laughs> because, and you're smiling, right? Cause, <laughs> right? Cause, because that's how they can get their needs and wants met because the talking part isn't working. And so when you substitute in something positive again, like, or, you know, in your daughter's case, you gave her a speech communication device, but through therapy, through making progress in therapy, they learn, oh, actually there's a better way. And it makes me happier and it makes everybody else happier. And so I can be, I can, I can actually be good at this. It's, it's just a total game changer. It really is a huge mindset shift, but I think it is challenging for parents to, to confront that because it feels terrifying. You know, you, you know, at some level, I feel like parents are really good at being like, well, I know that's wrong. I, I know something's wrong, but I don't really know what, so I'm just going to avoid it. <laughs> and it can be scary to, to dive in and, and look at your child's needs um, in detail, I think. Terrifying. It's one of the things that led to me leaving typical employment, traditional employment, and becoming an entrepreneur was juggling all the meetings and the therapies and the I mean, it adds a lot to a parent's plate yeah. and it can make it hard to be an entrepreneur just as it can make it hard to be a, a full-time employee. But I feel like entrepreneurship has a little more wiggle room. <laughs> I would agree with you, right? You can sort of structure your schedule in a way that makes more sense for your kids. If you've got to be at a, you know, a one o'clock IEP meeting, you, you have that flexibility. Exactly. So now if you could share your, your insight on how that compares to when you're working on your business and how that allows you to instill similar qualities in your own kids. So what's interesting about this is um, I recently started expanding my business because we, my husband and I sort of came to the decision that I was the one who was actually interested in my <laughs> career <laughs> um, and in what I was doing and that that was likely to be more stable over time. And so um, we sort of shifted from him being the primary breadwinner because, you know, he went to business school and had a job and all of this stuff to starting to pivot and have me be the primary breadwinner. So that meant a whole bunch of changes for me. It meant I had to start taking my business more seriously and myself as a business owner more seriously because until, you know, just a few years ago, it was probably more of a hobby than an actual business. And so I enrolled in, um, in a marketing, a group coaching program. I've been doing some individual coaching. 
uh, I've been sort of just working more hours in my business, uh, on my business, <laughs> not in my business. I've been scaling back the in the business part and amping up the on the business part. But my kids get to watch me like learn new things. <laughs> um, my kids get to watch me struggle with, you know, something new that I'm trying on Facebook, for example, and go through that experience of like, oh my God, I have to do a Facebook live tomorrow. What, what am I going to talk about? Oh my God. Oh my God. And then have it be finished. And I come to the dinner table and say, Hey, I did my first Facebook live and it went great. And so they get to see that process of me growing into something new. That's again, it's, it's part of that whole journey, right? Of like once impossible, now possible. And do they work with you on your business in any ways or have their own entrepreneurial tendencies? So my kids have been coming to my job with me since they were, since they could walk, basically. Um, my son is a great therapy partner. <laughs> uh, and my daughter too, at times has come with me to just sort of help out, be the, be the peer in the room. And that's been sort of fun. And they, they really are interested in, um, in parenting kinds of things. And I, you know, I have some, I, I recently launched my, um, my parenting class and so they are sort of interested in that. There's a columnist that we read all the time in the newspaper and we, I read it out loud and they're always like, read it, read it, mom. You know, so they're super interested in the field. My son actually is in the middle of starting a little, yeah, a little side hustle of his own. And he also has a um, magic business where um, he and a buddy do um, kid magic parties. Yeah. And they're killing it. They are <laughs> like busy every other weekend right now. That's awesome. So he does like birthday parties. Yeah, he does birthday parties and they, they are teen magicians. Their tagline is, you know, magic for kids by slightly older kids. And um, they're just really, it's, my son is a really nice kid and his friend is also just, they're just warm, like, you know, wonderful people. And so the kids love them. And so they have this, yeah, they have this magic party business. It's fun. What area of the country are you in? Just in case there's people who are like, I would love to support a kid's magic party. They are in um, Washington, D.C. And um, a lot of their business right now is in Tacoma Park, Maryland and Silver Spring. So we're sort of uh, Northwest D.C. area. Awesome. I lived in D.C. for a little bit, so I'm pretty familiar with that area. Oh, excellent. There you go. <laughs> yes. Nuclear free zone, five miles from the Capitol. <laughs> Well, hopefully we can get some people who might be interested in those birthday parties. That's super cute. Yeah, it's fun. They're having a good time. What about your daughter? Does she see that? And I know my kids, like my oldest started her business and then all the other ones were like, me too. <laughs> she helps with the magic business. So she does like all of the design work that they need. So sometimes they play like, I don't even know, pin the tail on the bunny or whatever it is. And so she does all the artwork for that. Mm -hmm. Um, my daughter's super crafty. And so she's always on, you know, YouTube or Pinterest or wherever, like doing craft kinds of stuff. So far, she just does them as, um, gifts for her friends. And she's not, she hasn't sort of dived in really to the entrepreneurship crowd, but she's definitely watching. And I see her, um, her wheels are turning. Her wheels are turning. She's, a, she's a slow to warm up kind of kid. So I think, you know, she will, she will do her thing. But she'll do quietly and in her own time. <laughs> I've got one of those too. <laughs> so what have you learned about yourself from your experiences running your business? Ooh, I am a lot tougher than I thought. And uh, I can be taught. <laughs> 
Uh, just the capacity to learn new things. I, like, I don't think I've learned this much new stuff since, you know, I was in school, which was 17 years ago. And so that's actually super exciting to know that I feel like I had sort of taken a vacation from really bursts of learning. Mm-hmm. And it just feels really good to be in the middle of this creative sort of energetic time in my life. And so it feels really good. And then what about with your kids? Like, I know they're a little bit older now, so it's probably a little bit easier to ignore them and get work done. But <laughs> what, what are some of your tips maybe for when they were younger compared to things that you do now to get some quiet time? Yeah, it was hard when they were young. I mean, when they were young, I was mostly working, you know, outside of the house as a speech therapist, right? So I wasn't so much working on the business. Now that I'm working on the business and they're a little bit older, it is the kind of thing where I can jump in and get an hour of work done while they're doing their homework. Um, But it's challenging. It's hard to shut off from work and jump right in, you know, that, that, that pivot is, is hard. And you, sometimes I, I often feel like I don't have a lot of uninterrupted chunks of time, you know, and one of the things they tell you when you're working on your business is you need these large chunks of time. And so part of the challenge that I've been experiencing is to create those in my life. Cause you know, my chunk ends at three fifteen when I have to go get them from school and more and more they get themselves home. So that actually <laughs> for parents of younger children, that's a huge milestone when your child can get themselves home from school. It's a lovely thing. But uh, yeah, for when they were younger, I think the thing that was important to me was just to put a real, real walls around the work. Um, so it can bleed a little bit now that they're older, but when they were younger, I, it really couldn't. It, it was the kind of situation where if they were around, I was around. And then I never had a situation where I worked from home. I have coached people on that before. And the best thing you can do for that is have a place where you are hiding out and put a sign on the door that says, stop, mommy's working, you know, and then you just, you enforce that boundary. You get the the nanny or the babysitter or the whatever, whoever's watching the kid to enforce that boundary. And then they learn, but it's challenging. Just consistency, I think, right? Consistency. Consistency is always your friend if you are a parent. Yes. <laughs> Is there anything that you wish you knew before starting your business? No, because if I had known all of it, I wouldn't have done it. <laughs> That's funny too. What was the biggest like surprise for you? Like what was the biggest thing that, you know, once you started and, and, you know, this happened that you were like, holy moly, I had no idea. God, that's such a good question. I don't, I don't know how to answer it. You know, I got into this, I got into my practice because I wanted more flexibility and I wanted to control my time more. And I was a good speech therapist, right? So like I started out just like seeing some clients and it was super great. And my daughter was really young and it fit. And then I got too many clients. And so the next logical step seemed to be to hire somebody else to see those people that I, you know, someone that I trusted. And then that she got full. And then the next logical step seemed to like hire somebody else. to. And so I guess it's the idea that I... Uh, your friendly neighborhood speech therapist could become an actual business owner. I, I, I think that was a real shift for me that I actually am not still maybe very comfortable inhabiting. What I hear you saying is it's basically the fact that you, you hired on other people and you became a boss rather than becoming like an independent contractor, like that kind of a. Yeah. Yeah. And this idea that like that I can direct something that has its own life 
and its own legs. It's kind of interesting because I didn't really set out to do that. I just kind of set out to do what I was good at and have some fun doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm finding that, you know, that the, I don't know that the business is growing and that it's doing well. And that, you know, my, I just had a hosted a, a dinner recently and, um, for my speech therapist and it's just, it's such a happy, wonderful, warm bunch of, we happen to be all women and it, just the comments that people, you know, get about that. They, that they tell me about, you know, I love working for you. It's so great. That just, just lovely. It seems like you're impact is greater than you ever thought it was going to be. Like you figured you'd help like a handful of families and now you're helping, I mean, you're helping a handful of families as your employees and then they're each helping their own. So it's like you're multiplying your reach. It's that. That's exactly it, Meg. Yeah. (laughs) We got it. It's that reach like, oh my God, that's the, what is that? Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. I feel like for me, it it was the money blockers. Do you know what I mean? Like having to price your services and be confident in your prices. I feel like that's, that's what it was for me. That's so interesting. You know, I did go through that, but I feel like it was long enough ago now that it's, it has stopped being an issue, but definitely that was a stage that I, that I went through and I, you know, continue. I think we all, for whatever reason, money is like one of those things, you know, that I continue to sort of tweak my relationship with. Well, I think the first time I heard about a money mindset coach, I was kind of like, well, that seems silly. Like who actually needs that? You know, like if you want to give me money, I'm going to take money and it's going to be easy. I've been making money all my life, but it's a totally different experience when you're setting your own prices and giving yourself value and Mm -hmm. sticking to that value. Because you'd also be surprised. I I don't know if you get this in your field, but how many people assume that because you're self-employed, they shouldn't have to pay your prices? Like your prices aren't set. Like I, I get people who try to barter my prices down. Oh, that's so interesting. No, that's never happened to me. Wow. Yeah. Or 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 they try to like create their own packages, you know, like <laughs> so I mean, maybe we're benefiting. I often feel like we don't benefit, but I think we maybe we're the speech therapy is like on the side of the the medical model, you know? So like maybe, maybe slightly less negotiable. I don't know. Well, but- and some of my clients have it even worse than I do. Like I work with some photographers, for example. Uh-huh. And they get, I know that my photographer clients get that a lot where people will be like, well, can't you just come like take some quick pictures? Like, I don't need a full <laughs> session. And it's like, well, no, like. <laughs> no, that's not a thing. <laughs> so I feel like money mindset is real. And then maybe, so maybe the money mindset thing kind of comes first. And that's why it's freshest for me because I'm still relatively new in the process. And then as growth happens, it sounds like the next blocker is likely going to be that or not a blocker, but the next shocker. (laughs) (laughs) The next leap. Right. Have you read that book, The Big Leap? No. Oh, so good. You have to read this book. Who's it by? Uh, His name is Gay Hendricks. Okay. Um, He's a psychotherapist, I think, by training. Really amazing, amazing book called The Big Leap. And it's just, it's all mindset stuff. It's all, you know, it's just a really good read it once a year kind of book. And I feel like I've heard of it. That's why I was trying to figure out who wrote it because I I feel like I have heard it before. It's fabulous. Um, So what tips and tricks or tools, like what is it that you're currently using in your business that you just think is amazing and you are sharing with other people right now? So I started using Asana for myself, which I actually kind of love because my papers are just everywhere in my desk and I can't find my to-do list. So that's helped me sort of streamline some processes. The other thing we did this year was we got um, 
an electronic medical record software on board for the practice. And that was, that was huge for us. Um, because again, now instead of paper files, we've got electronic files, everything is in one place. I can see my staff's schedule. We can do the billing off of there. Like it's a one-stop shop. And so that's been really just that EMR software has been really important. So that's like a CRM system, right? It is like a, well, ish. It's like a CRM for medical, (laughs) for medical purposes. Yeah. And I use Dubsado on my end. So I feel like it's probably similar. I mean, I'm not medical, but I'm relating to it on the, you know, something like that. Something that organizes. Exactly. Yeah. It just keeps everything like in one place. And then Asana you use for to-do lists? I do. I use it for my, my, um, I especially use it for like my bill pay kinds of things, you know, what needs to be paid when. And I use Profit First. I don't know if you've heard of Profit First. Okay. Profit First is amazing. You got to try it. But Profit First is a pay yourself first accounting strategy um, that basically what you do is you go in and you only deal with your bank balances twice a month. You do it on the 10th and the 25th. So I've got a list of stuff I do on the 10th and I've got a list of stuff I do on the 25th. And Asana just helps me remember instead of being like, oh yeah, I got to pay the Amex. Okay. It just like puts it all in there and every month it pops up and I know exactly what I'm doing on the 10th and the 25th, for example. That's when you do all your bill paying for everything, personal and business? Uh, So far, just business. Okay. Um, I've got auto pay set up on a lot of the personal stuff, but the business stuff, I haven't done that yet just because I want to get a better handle on it. The financial piece has been a challenge. I now am working with a financial coach um, who's helping me like sort out, you know, the business model, how the operating ratios and all of this stuff. And so we're getting a handle on that. And that's been really good. Um, But Profit First is a total game changer. It really, um, because of the way he's structured it, Profit First is a is a strategy that from Mike Michalowicz. I don't know if you've heard of his name, but because of the way it's structured, it's very much based on human nature instead of general accounting principles, which really don't work for most people. And so it's been from the business side, it's been a huge, actually, and on the personal side too, it's been a total game changer just in how I think about the money. No, that's great. And that's one of the reasons I love asking questions like that sometimes just to see. I don't think I ever would have even thought about that. So now it's something that's in my head that I'm like, hmm, I should look into that. I'm yeah. possible that my bill payment process, my Google Drive spreadsheet is probably not the same. <laughs> <laughs> it probably works just fine, honestly. <laughs> it does, but I'm always looking for ways that I can make things work better. You yeah. know, that's the thing. We get into these like routines where everything works just fine, but sometimes you don't know if things could work better. Unless you have these discussions and look into these other tools and get on some, you know, 14 day trials or, and things like that. So, yeah, it's one of the things that I love about my group, my group coaching program actually is, you know, you have access to this community and actually you asked earlier about, you know, tips for, for entrepreneurs. What do I wish I had known? I wish I hadn't gotten, gotten into a community sooner because it's lonely, you know, and you think you're the only person dealing with whatever issue comes up. You're never the only person dealing with that. You just have to find the people and be in the tribe, you know, with the people who are experiencing the same thing. And so this past year in my group coaching program, it's just been like totally eye-opening. And then on top of that, you get all these new resources, you know, and things to look at and things to think about and people that you meet. And it's just the community is 
you know, it's powerful. And I found that to be so true too, especially when your business, like my business is very online. It's very digitally based. And a lot of my in real life friends don't get that because that's not their life. So when I have some of those questions or those issues or struggles, they don't get it. Right. And you need people to get it. Yep. Yep. And you need people you can like celebrate with, you know, I put a thing to the group the other day, you know, it's like, Hey, I just did this. I'm so excited. And I got, you know, feedback. And if you did that to your friends, they'd be like, why are you bragging about this? (laughs) Before the podcast, I told you my little story about how I got into podcasting and like the quick cliff note version was Pat Flynn. Right. So the day that I saw him walk by me in the hallway and I knew I was going to have the opportunity to see him speak on stage, I got right on Facebook and I made a post to my wall, like to my friends. And it was something along the lines of like, OMG, fangirling, just saw Pat Flynn. And that was it. And the responses were like, who? Well, I don't know who that is, but yay for you. And not all of them. Then one, one woman was like, OMG, my husband is going to be so jealous. Like (laughs) then a couple of the people started coming out, but it's like a lot of my friends aren't in that space. And I feel like people listening to this podcast are going to be like, how do you not know Pat Flynn? Because if you're listening to a podcast, you've heard, like you've listened to his, do you know what I mean? Totally. Especially a business related podcast, or they're going to go listen right now because they're like, I'm obviously missing something. But there you go. But that's the thing. It's, it's a totally different world. And being a business owner is the same way. I feel like even if you're not in the digital space, if, if your friends aren't business owners, it, you need to get that support. Exactly. Yeah. What would you say? Like, we've talked about a lot of stuff. What would you say your number one piece of advice is? Would that be it? The getting a, a support system? Yeah, I think it really would be. I would, I think, get yourself into a community. And there are so many of them. Um, you know, I just, I just found about, um, flippedlifestyle.com. I just, uh, and some of them, you know, you hear about on podcasts. Mm -hmm. So I would say, start listening to podcasts, you know, people who are on the shows then have often their own podcasts or their own sites that, you know, that, and so that just, it, it starts to percolate. And then you find the people that, that resonate with you. I mean, the reason there's so many, you know, coaches and communities and lifestyle this and all of this is because we're all different and different stuff resonates with different people. And so don't join the first community that somebody tells you to join just because they did. Go find a community that resonates with you, but definitely get a tribe. (laughs) How do you find your communities? Are you in Facebook groups or are you finding them other places? I know you mentioned a website. Um, So... Yeah, some one of them. So the the group coaching program that I joined, I joined because a friend of mine had found out about it, and I did my you know research and and decided to join. But a lot of them come from just podcasts that I'm listening to, and then I get on the mailing list and you know decide do I like the vibe here or not. So yeah, a lot of you know email lists, Facebook groups, and then you gotta you gotta wean it down because like everybody's sending you email every day. So <laughs> I, I recently learned that Facebook has a limit for groups. Um, You can only be in 600 groups. (laughs) Darn. I'm not quite there yet. (laughs) And honestly, I I had gone onto my husband's Facebook Facebook account and went to his groups page. And I was like, why are there only three things listed? Like, where are your other groups? And he's like, I'm not in other groups. So I went and counted mine. I'm halfway there. (gasps) Oh, no. I have to do some cleaning up. 
I think I'm a little group obsessed. So you're group obsessed. Yeah. But it's like all good information, but like who has the time to take it in is the problem sometimes. Right. That's why the algorithm's there. (laughs) There you go. Right. (laughs) So where can our listeners learn more about you and speech kids and feel free to plug your group in since we're right on the topic of that. Excellent. Yes. So um, they can definitely go to the website, which is speechkids.com, all one word. Um, While they're there, if they click on the tab that says Parenting Toddlers Workshop, Mm -hmm. there is a freebie. Uh, I'm going to leave it up there for um, a little while. And so they can register. It's a three-part video series on parenting toddlers, as you might expect. (laughs) It's got like tips, strategies, a little bit of like telescoping out and looking at your life from the outside, um, restructuring some things that might, you know, you might want to do if you're the parent of a toddler. So that's a three-part series they can do. There's also a paid workshop on there that launches periodically called Toddler Talk that I'm super excited about actually, which is more parenting mindset, also speech and language strategies, um, but again, for a resource for parents of toddlers. And I just find that, you know, it's, a, it's overlooked. And the relationship that you create with your toddler, with your, you know, your now child, formerly infant, is key. Like you got to set up those communication patterns early, right? Mm-hmm. So that when they're 10, 11, 12, 15, they still talk to you. <laughs> you know, and my son still talks to me. He is he is a lovely, lovely person. We have a lovely relationship. But part of that is because I set that up when he was one. Yeah. And then we're on Facebook. So facebook.com slash speech kids. And I'm on there every Tuesday and Friday doing my Facebook lives. People can ask me questions um, and get some coaching if they, if they want to via those videos. And uh, yeah. That's great. I love it. I I love the connection too of of going through your courses, toddlers and having that leave such a lasting impression that it'll help kids as they grow through those difficult years that I'm embarking on with my oldest. There you go. Well, if you set the groundwork up, you're good to go. (laughs) Hormones notwithstanding. She's 10. Do you think she's too old for the toddler workshop? (laughs) You know what? Do the parenting toddlers workshop because it might help. You know, you can telescope out. And actually one of the things I am thinking of um, as I'm going forward is like, okay, is this really just for parents of toddlers? Um, because it shouldn't ever be too late to recalibrate your relationship with your child if that's what you need to do. Right. Um, so it, it's a it's a good uh, it's one for the marketing coaches, you know. <laughs> Expand your reach. Yeah, I like it. But we'll see. Well, that sounds like it's going to be a great resource for for parents to feel more confident and hopefully reduce those tantrums and frustrations and increase communication. Absolutely. That is the primary focus because we're all dealing with, you know, that challenge of just trying to get through the day with somebody who actually doesn't really speak our language right now. Um, And so um, setting up those positive communication patterns early can really just, yeah, reduce frustration, reduce tantrums and make everybody just more relaxed. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing so much valuable information about speech and and therapies and business and Tons of great stuff. I really appreciate it. We'll link to everything in the show notes. And I appreciate you taking the time to chat with us today. Meg, it was such a pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Really appreciate it. I love that Gabrielle brought value for those of us parentpreneurs who are are raising kids who are differently abled. So whether it's a speech delay 
or a physical delay or occupational therapy that your child needs, whatever it is, that just can layer on a whole nother layer of of stress and responsibilities that we're left having to balance with this desire to build our business and provide some more financial stability for our family. So I love the tips and the mindset shifts that Gabrielle suggested. And I love that she shared some business-related tips too. I love those guests that can appeal to us as parents and appeal to us as business owners. Now, last week, I interviewed John Lanza. He is the chief mammal of the Money Mammals and the author of the new book for parents called The Art of Allowance, a short practical guide to raising money smart, money empowered kids. John's Money Mammals teach kids to share and save and spend smart, and they've been featured in the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the LA Times. It's a great episode that really addresses the fact that allowance is suggested for teaching our kids money skills, but to leverage it as a tool. So some really great tips and tricks for teaching our kids those money skills early so that they make smart money decisions as they get older. Now, next week, I'm going to welcome Samantha Barnes to the show. She is committed to empowering kids' confidence in the kitchen and beyond. She's a former middle school teacher and the founder and CEO of Radish, a monthly cooking club and curriculum for kids. She is passionate about food and family. She's the mom to an eight-year-old and a six-year-old and believes that the kitchen is the best place to connect with her kids in a meaningful way. As a female founder, she's committed to running a results-oriented and flexible company built on autonomy, working smart, and work-life balance. It's going to be another fabulous episode that you definitely don't want to miss. So subscribe to the podcast today. As always, you'll find the links mentioned in this week's episode, plus the show notes at megbrunson.com slash 36. Thank you so much. And I will see you again next week. Bye now. Want to connect with other like-minded parent entrepreneurs? Join the discussions in our official Facebook group. You can find it at familypreneurcommunity.com.